This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And we had so many great questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! That, we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, I'm looking for a pleasant way to handle a situation at work. We have an outdoor space, and this year, I decided to plant it. I prepared the soil, purchased plants with my own money, and have been the only one weeding and watering it. This week, someone harvested all of my cilantro leaves and left me with just stems. I am floored as my plan was to harvest the tomatoes, peppers, and cilantro at the same time and make salsa to share with the whole office. Now that the cilantro is gone, I feel a need to address this issue because I want to make sure that I get to harvest the other things that I planted. Is a note too tacky? Who is going into an office garden and just clearing out their cilantro? Oh, I know. Somebody who doesn't like cilantro. Oh, I think it's the opposite. I think it's somebody who loves cilantro. No, no. I think this is somebody at the office. They don't like cilantro. They have that thing, that genetic thing that makes cilantro taste like soap to them. And they know this salsa party is coming. And they're like, no, I don't want cilantro in my salsa. So I'm going to go and we're going to harvest it all so we can't have cilantro in my salsa. I think that's what happened. Oh, wow. That's a, <laughs> such an, another level than what I was thinking. Yeah, I think this is diabolical and deliberate. No? Too far? I mean, it's got to be deliberate. You didn't accidentally. Oh, it's deliberate. <laughs> yes. Oops, I accidentally <laughs> fell into the bushes with some scissors. Oh, oh, I don't know how that happened. Yeah. No, this is somebody who loves cilantro and was like, oh, this is clearly just cilantro for all of us. And so I would like some. All of it. All of it. All of it. I mean. Yeah. I don't think a note is tacky. No. This is how I would start the note. Okay. And I assume it's a note like it's like a work group email. Yeah, I think this is an email. And however you address the group, I wrote, hey, y'alls. That's probably not it. Okay. But I, that's not the point that I was getting to. The point is I would re-explain it in case people didn't know that you purchased the seeds and have tended the garden mm -hmm. and in um, preparation to make salsa for everybody. Right. And that the cilantro has been harvested harvested. Uh -huh. and, and if people moving forward could please wait to harvest uh -huh. so we can enjoy this salsa together. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a very nice way to do it. I had a similar email to write. I think this is actually probably not the way to go, but I do like it. 
ended his quote. Unfortunately, a wild animal got into the office and ate all of the cilantro that was being grown for an end-of-the-season office party. If you see this wild animal again, please report it to Animal Control. And if anybody would like anything from the garden, just let me know, and I'll let you know if we're going to use it before you pick. How's that? You like that? I actually, because people at home can't see me, I buried my hand, <laughs> my face in my hands. I laughed so hard. A wild animal broke into the office. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a kind of a cheeky way to do it. So actually, definitely cheeky on Love Island. They would say cheeky, very cheeky. Yeah. So I guess you would have to do the email and the tone that works for your office. So whatever that tone is, but I think to just explain, oh, this is what this is please don't do this again because this is the goal here. I think that's totally fair. And I think it's fair to remind people that you purchased these things. You've been growing them. Yeah, I mean, I understand that impulse, but it's very difficult to be like, I just did all this work and spent all this money and put all this effort and somebody ate my cilantro. I think it's hard to mention like all the effort you made without coming across in a certain way which I think you have to just make a decision. Do you want to come across that way or not? Which maybe you do. But I think there's a way you could say it without coming across. You're just stating the facts because you did do all that work. And it's exceptionally rude for somebody to go in there and just plow your fields. Yeah, it it is exceptionally rude. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But I think you could say, you know, I purchased these plants and have been cultivating them for the office party where I want to make salsa. That's just one sentence. It's not. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah, that's very neutral. And then say somebody must have accidentally harvested the cilantro. Could have been a wild animal. Who can say? Who can say? Who can say? So let's not do that again. Also, please tell us when you find out. I mean, do we know who did this? I of just, course we do. I mean, there's only one person in the office that's capable of this, right? Like we know, right? We have to know. It can't be totally a mystery. I don't know. I would be shocked. But like in every office, like we kind of have a suspicion of like, oh, who is capable of this? So I think we know. Yeah, but maybe we're wrong and it's the person we think is least capable and they're sinister cilantro stealers and they just come off as like the most lovely person in the whole world. Sinister cilantro stealers? (laughs) Say that 10 times fast. (laughs) So keep us posted, please. And we're sorry about your cilantro and it's lovely that you're making salsa for everyone. It is lovely. And I'm just going to say, I love salsa. Wow, controversial, Leah. Real controversial. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm just bringing it up because I it was cleaning out the refrigerator uh-huh. time. And I noticed I at any given time, I have like seven different kinds of salsas mm. working in, um, you know, some days I want this kind of salsas. And it's always my favorite. I'm not even going to call it a condiment. I'm going to call it a food. Oh, do you just eat salsa off a spoon? I mean, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Who can say? Who can say? So our next question is, quote, I live in a different city than my family. Today, I called to speak to my parents, and during the call, they were having their carpets replaced by somebody I went to high school with 20 years ago. My mom asked if she should put me on speaker so I could say hello. I have not spoken to him since I was 17, and I declined. This is not the first time when I've called to speak to my mother, and if she has a guest or a family friend of someone I've not seen since high school, she asks if I would like to speak to them. I have everyone's phone number, email, or social media contacts, and I do know how to contact them on my own. I feel put on the spot and then rude for saying no. Anyone else have this problem? I never liked to talk to anybody when I wasn't ready. (laughs) That's true. Sure. Yeah. You don't want to be caught off guard. Because I feel discombobulated. I mean, you know, you should be nimble enough to be able to handle a spontaneous conversation. But I I get that. I'm really not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Also, this is such a mom thing. Is this not such a mom thing? It really is. I feel like a lot of people probably have this experience. 
I mean, in general, yes, putting people on the spot is rude. And so you always want to give people an out. And I think the problem here is mom is not giving the letter writer an out. Yeah, and I think we should, could have a conversation with mom separately. Mm. Hey, mom, if I call and somebody's there, I feel uncomfortable going on speaker. I would like to just talk to you, please. And hopefully when she's asking you, you're not already on speaker. And so when you're saying no, the person doesn't hear that part. Yeah, I think you could also say, um, I'm sort of in a hurry. I just wanted to check in with you. Tell them I said hi. Yes, I think it's a, unfortunately, I've got to run, but please send them my regards. Yes. I mean, this is what regards were invented for. I mean, this, <laughs> is, this is why we have regards to give away. That's what I was thinking. This is why we have regards. Yes, and regards do no good if you're keeping them. You have to give your regards. <laughs> yes. So, yes, give your regards. And what I love about regards is that they don't necessarily have to be warm or good or friendly. They're just regards. They're just a, oh, I acknowledge you exist. Which I think is the polite thing to do. Absolutely. Tell them I said hello. Give yeah. them my regards. Yep. Mom, I called to talk to you. Yeah. And I hope the carpets work out. Yes. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already we started at 10. And then yeah. we keep going up. But I will say, the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it I, it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm, I'm so in. glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. So our next question is, quote, my husband and I recently attended a barbecue hosted by some of my colleagues. Like the other guests, we brought along some food and drink and, at the last minute, also decided to bring an apron in case it would be useful for the person doing the barbecuing. Nobody had asked us to bring an apron, but it was gratefully received by one of the other guests who did all of the barbecuing and cooked delicious food for everyone. A good time was had by all. I forgot to take the apron home and it was handed back to me, dirty and unwashed, by the host of the barbecue the next day at work. I don't see anything wrong with this, but my husband feels that someone, either the host or the cook, should have washed it first. Your thoughts? 
I have two thoughts on this that are absolutely conflicting. So interesting. I have gone full circle. I have done several <laughs> 180s to 360s. I've done a couple 270s. I don't know where on the circle I've landed on this. I, I, I also am like, oh, obviously there's one answer, but like, oh, actually, maybe not. All right. What, what, is, uh, what are your options? Well, I think the reason that there's multiple answers is that... It was forgotten. It wasn't like she left it mm. and been, was like, hey, you can have the rest of this. And so in this way, if she'd taken it when she left, it would have been dirty. Okay. Interesting. So it is being returned to her in the state it would have been had she not been careless or forgetful. Well, I don't want to say she was careless. She was just <laughs> okay. probably taking so many different things with her. She forgot. True. Fine. Fine. Okay. And so if she grabbed it on the way out, it would have been dirty. True. Yes. Because we would not have expected the host or the cook to have washed it during the party. Right. We're just right. So we're just grabbing it on the way out. Okay. And in True. that way, they're just trying to get it back to her as fast as possible because it, was, it wasn't a leave this at your house until ne I'm back next time. It was a thing that she meant to take back. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes. I, I agree with that. So there's that side of it. Mm -hmm. There's also the side that people might not know how to wash an apron. Like sometimes aprons are different material. That was what I was thinking. Because I was thinking like, yes, it actually probably would be courteous to wash it. Like, oh, thank you for bringing this. This was so nice of you. It actually was a real big help at the party. We enjoyed wearing it. It was useful. Here it is. We're returning it to you clean. But then, yeah. If it had barbecue stains on it and it was like my fancy apron that I love so much, then you did something where you washed it in such a way that now those stains are set and now you've ruined it. And maybe would it be better had you not done that? I definitely was thinking that. And then um, the third one is what you just said, which is I always feel like we wash something before we return it. And then there are these two other thoughts. That's why it's just this circle. It's a circle. Yeah. No, that's why I kept going round and around. And then I was thinking, okay, it would have been nice to offer to wash it before returning it. Hey, letter writer, you left the apron here. Would it be okay if we washed it before I brought it into the office? And then the letter writer could say like, oh, please don't bother. That's cashmere. I have a separate detergent I use on that. Right. I only use wool. -ite. Or, oh, don't bother. Uh, just bring it in. Or, oh, that would be totally fine. Thank you so much. I love that idea. And then that right. brings me to my first idea, which is <laughs> I they have this party. Right. And so ostensibly they're like picking up, they're getting everything back. And then they're trying to get her back this apron the next morning. Right. So I feel like maybe they were running out the door and they thought, oh, I also want to get her that apron. But they weren't even finished cleaning up from the party yet, you know, but they were so invested in getting it back. True. So I guess the question is, what would have been better? The speed of the return or the condition of the apron? And that we can't decide. We can't make that decision for you. Right. I think only you can decide what was more important. But I don't think this is a hard answer one way or the other. Uh, no, I don't think there's anything definitive with this one, which is why it's a great question, I guess. Because there are definitely things that I wouldn't want other people to wash. But then would you let people borrow those things? Well, if I was thinking, oh, I'm going to bring it right back with me but I just forgot it. Okay. And I guess, is there such thing as an apron that like is so precious that it has to be washed in a special way? I don't know. I haven't seen this apron. I think at the end of the day, always ask. I mean, so many etiquette crimes happen in the ambiguity 
of it all. And if we just clarified, like, oh, would it be okay if I wash this? Because I think we agree, it would be courteous to wash something before you return it. I mean, that is a default setting for most things in the world. And so that goes for dishes you're returning, that goes for Tupperware, that goes for aprons. I mean, kind of goes for anything. And although maybe not cars. I don't know if I would like actually wash and detail your car if I borrowed it for the day. But I certainly would make sure it wasn't dirty. I mean, but you could run it through a car wash that would be polite. I, it would absolutely be polite. That's true. Yes, it would not be wrong yeah. to do so. It's not required. Whereas it is required to wash a casserole dish before you return it. Like you are not returning a casserole dish that has like crust on it. And this just has two extra layers that makes it so we can't decide. Yeah, we can't decide. Some things can't be decided. So, huh. so our next question is, quote, I've been living abroad and returned home for a short visit. A neighbor who's an acquaintance was very excited to see me and insisted she come over to say hi. I accepted, but explained my best friend was coming over shortly for me to meet her new boyfriend. So it would need to be a quick visit. Not only did she not leave when my friend arrived, she stayed for hours, drank a lot of wine, and monopolized the conversation. I was trying to visit with my friend and ask her new boyfriend questions, only for the neighbor to take over the conversation and talk entirely about herself. She did didn't leave until after midnight, leaving only a small amount of alone time with my friend. What is the polite way to get rid of a rude and an uninvited guest? I mean, <laughs> you could, this is yeah. one where you wish you could turn back the wheels of time. And when she said, can I come over? You say, oh, I can't. No. I'm sorry. I have no. friends coming over. Busy. Yeah. But I mean, who would have guessed that she would just come in and stay until midnight? Yeah. No, that, that feels a little extreme. Yeah. Way to read the room there, uh, neighbor. Woo! Yeah. There were definitely some opportunities that I think our letter writer could have taken advantage of. So the first opportunity was when the friend and the new boyfriend did arrive. That was a great occasion to be like, okay, thank you so much for stopping by. The thing I mentioned when you wanted to come over is now happening. So our time together is now done. But thank you so much. Like that that was definitely an opportunity that I think we missed. I think we probably missed it because we assumed that somebody would get that. Yeah, some people don't get those hints. I, it's almost to the point where you got to be like, <laughs> if you can't get them to leave, you have to be like, oh, we were going to go to Applebee's. We have to leave and then leave with your friend. <laughs> be like, you got to get out of my house. Yeah, a, a different location. Yeah, to try and get rid of them. I mean, <laughs> that seems extreme, but I guess that would work. Although this person would be like, oh, great. Uh, I love Applebee's. Let's go. Uh, it's just so uncomfortable. I feel like I'm getting a rash. But I think the polite yet direct approach, this is a great occasion. Like this is what this was designed for, which was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You need to go because now it's time for my friend and us to visit. Like, I think that's just what you say. But I feel like it, it's hard if the friend comes in, we didn't do it, and then you're an hour in, and then to be like, you got to go now. It seems almost impossible to say it at oh, that point. There is a window of opportunity for this, absolutely. And that window definitely closed at hour four, <laughs> for sure. Ugh. But there is a window. But I mean, a lot of etiquette problems don't get better the longer you let them fester. You know, it's usually easier. You got to take care of it right up top. So within 10 minutes of this happening, when they aren't getting the hint, that is when you would probably like signal like, oh, okay, before we open another bottle of wine, be like, okay, thank you so much for stopping by. It was great to catch up with you. See you next time I'm in town. And I think this is one of those occasions where we're just so shocked that they're not leaving on their own that we weren't prepared to act. Yeah. Oh, I can see how we got here. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I can see how uncomfortable this was and how awkward it is to say to somebody directly, like, you need to get out of my house in a polite way. But like, that's essentially what you are saying. However, 
cost-benefit analysis, you either say that and it's a little awkward, uncomfortable, or you have this person in your house drinking your wine, monopolizing the conversation for five hours. And so those are your choices. It's practically a sleepover. I mean, midnight. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really extreme. I also think you have a short period of time. In the future, you can say to people, oh, I can't right now. I, I'm only here for a short period of time. I have a friend coming over. Like, it's like you can be protective of your time. Yes, no is also an answer. I mean, who would have known this would have happened when we said there was a short visit? And we try to protect ourselves by giving this neighbor a heads up. Like, oh, this will be a short visit because of this other thing. Like, we did try to actually set that boundary. Yeah, we did try. The problem is we just didn't really stick to that boundary and really enforce it. And when they blew through that boundary, we should have gone back to like reemphasize that same boundary. Oh, I'm sweating. But now we know this about this neighbor. Yeah, now we know this. This is never going to happen again with this neighbor. Woo! But there will be other people in your life who are going to do something similar. So I think you just need to be more prepared to just be like, oh, so nice seeing you, but our time is done. Our time is done. Yeah. Do it like a whole end of a therapy session. Be like, uh, that's our session. <laughs> and that's it. Close a notebook. But actually body language, I think would go a long way. I mean, if you had stood up and be like, it was so great for you to stop by and like start walking towards the door. I mean, body language, it's really hard to miss that signal. I feel like this person could willfully miss a lot of signals. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's when you actually just have to grab them by the scruff of their neck. <laughs> just drag them out backwards. <laughs> drag them you out. have to go. Yeah. You don't have to go home, but can't stay here. Oh, so stressful. Very stressful. But um, I'm sorry this happened. Me I mean, too. Really I, so I can fully visualize it. You're sitting there. They're monopolizing the conversation they weren't even supposed to be a part of. And then the poor friend and the boyfriend, because they're in this house be like, who is this woman? Who like, is, is this happening? woman? <laughs> so sorry. So our next question is, quote, I was traveling with a big group of friends last week and two friends started painting their nails on the airplane while we were seated, buckled in and waiting for takeoff. I was shocked and embarrassed. I would never dream of doing such a thing. And I was about to ask them what on earth they were doing when they were told the tray tables had to come up and they had to stop. Were they totally unaware of basic airplane etiquette or am I just super uptight? Yeah, I feel like you can't do nails in an enclosed space. <laughs> well, I had some questions. I had some questions to help us come to a correct answer on this. First, is an airplane a public space, right? That's the first question. Are you in public? Yes. And I think, yes, I think, yes, this is still a public space. There's not a lot of people, but it is still strangers to you and it is considered a public space. So that's like a first question. And then the second question is, are we grooming ourselves? Is nail polish considered grooming? Yes. Yeah, I think it is, right? And I think in general, we don't want to be grooming unnecessarily in public. And then the third question is, is there such a thing as scent-free nail polish? No. Something that has zero scent. And that's why, well, that's the biggest one for me. Because like, maybe you want to throw in a little mascara when you land because you're like going to a work meeting or something. Fine. Mascara doesn't burn the nose hairs out of the person sitting next to you. Yeah, and even if the person sitting next to you is part of your party, there are still people around beyond that who I think are still within the orb of scent. It's a strong smell. Yes. I mean, I feel like uh, no is the answer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You are not uptight. I think it's very standard. Even if, and then on top of that, like what if the plane, something happened and then it dumped it spilled, like it spills. Yeah, I mean, presumably this was before the door was closed and we had not started moving yet. 
But like, that doesn't matter. We just don't do it. Yeah, this is a no. I wouldn't even do my nails in a car with all of my friends without being like, hey, I just need to fix this one nail. I can't imagine that I would do it anyway. But and then be like, should we roll down all the windows? Just so aware of how much it smells. Because it's like the kind of smell that gives people a headache. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be around that. Absolutely. Uh, So yeah, you are not being uptight. This is basic airplane etiquette that uh, they are not following. Mm. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So our next question is, quote, I have a pair of coworkers who are married and they talk to each other at the office like they are at home. They use a tone that is argumentative and snippy. They would never talk to one of us this way, so it feels very uncomfortable and unprofessional. The wife and I are both in management positions, so I feel like I could say something to her, but I'm not sure how to approach it. Our office is small, so the conversation could be easily overheard by all unless taken elsewhere. What should I do? I feel like I just smelled nail polish. Um, <laughs> I it, This is actually one of my pet peeves when people are in a relationship and they work in the same place and then they bring their, how they have their relationship in their house into the group because it's yeah. very uncomfortable for other people. Yeah, it's definitely awkward. Uh, it's hard to pull off for sure. Um, I mean, I work with my significant other and a lot of people don't even know that we're together when we show up at places because- I want to be, you know what I mean? Like if I went into a doctor's office and two of the doctors were talking to each other the way that I'd be like, I feel uncomfortable. Interesting you're able to put away your coffee cup here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess my first question is, it's a small office, so the conversation with the other person that you want to have is uncomfortable because other people are going to hear? Is that what's uncomfortable? Like where do we actually physically have a conversation? I think that is what they're saying. Okay, I mean, I guess, what is the conversation? Like, please don't bicker with your spouse at the office. I mean, the conversation, not have, not saying it correctly. Like the essence of what the conversation is, is I don't know if you realize that you're in management. We're supposed to be setting examples and you're making mm. people uncomfortable by the way you go right. back and forth with your husband. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's good. The idea that you're setting an example for the, the team. And so you want to set a good example. Not that I think that's the way you should say it, but I think that's the, do you, because they, they might not realize that they're doing it and making people uncomfortable. I don't think they realize it. No, this is not something that they're aware is happening. Cause I mean, they're living this experience. And so they don't understand how like, oh, how they act at home is like any different than how they're acting in the office. Yeah. And they probably don't even see it as snippy. It's probably just how they communicate. Well, is this like, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Like, is that what's happening? Which would be amazing. (laughs) We're just slowly escalate it. (laughs) Yes. I would love it if it's that. If it's that, actually, make no changes. Um, I would love to attend the next staff meeting. (laughs) Just maybe film it. Yeah. Because I feel like there's three ways to handle it. One, you could ignore it. Two, you could drop some random comment that was like Mm. sort of, which I don't like because I feel like our whole goal with this podcast has been to learn how to talk in like a polite yet direct way. So that sort of isn't that at all. Yeah, no, the passive aggressive uh, side (laughs) comment is not uh, approved, correct? (laughs) Woo, I guess you guys are fighting at home. You know what I mean? That's not the goal of this podcast. Or mommy and daddy are fighting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or, you know, you just bring popcorn from the microwave and sit down and watch them and be like, what are you guys fighting about today? Um, I think all of those things are not the goal ways to handle them. So then you either have let it go or... Hey, can I take you to coffee? I have something I'd love to chat with you about. I like that. Let me take you to coffee. Let's chat about something. Yeah. And take it out of the office. And 
I don't think you're aware, but sometimes the tone you use with this person is not the right tone for the office. Yeah. And then I think we wouldn't say anything to the husband because there is that sort of seniority difference, right? Yes. So we wouldn't say anything to him. Although I'm sure he's equally culpable for the tone that's being used here. Oh, I'm sure he is. The other thing I was sort of thinking was to approach it as a privacy thing, which was like, you may not be aware, but the conversations that you have with him, uh, we can all hear because it's a small office. So if you don't want all of us knowing about your like personal business, maybe don't talk about those things in the office. I really like that because then you're not saying directly, you're making everybody uncomfortable. You're drawing attention to the fact, did they realize that we can hear their personal business? Right. And so maybe you don't want all of us knowing your personal business. Assuming that the tone that's being used is about like non-work things. If it's just a snippy tone about work stuff, well then go back to what you suggested originally. Well, you could even say, if it was about work stuff, you could say, I know you're talking about work stuff, but it feels like it's actually about other stuff because of the way you're speaking to each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. And obviously it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah. But this is why working with family is tricky. This is tricky. And it just has to be like a different, you just have to have a different relationship with them at workplace, unless it's like a family business and then feel free to like yell at each other and do whatever it is you do. Yeah. Then it's a great reality show. (laughs) Sure. I'll watch that on TLC. No problem. Uh, please let us know how this goes, what you decide to do. I'd be very interested to, to hearing how, because it's also, who knows how they'll respond. That's true. I mean, I would like to think that they will respond appreciatively, that they weren't aware this was happening or was an issue. They thank you for the care with which you approached it and the kind way you delicately brought up the topic. And then we'll make an effort to like change something. That's uh, that's I how like I hope think. they respond as well. <laughs> I see a world in which they get very defensive and offended. And I don't know if we could do anything about that. But I don't think the hazard of that is a reason not to try. And then I think if they are defensive about it, then you go to the option B, which is not the appropriate way to handle it. But if they push you to it, then you can do the uh, mommy and daddy are fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think we just sort of uh, behind their back, just send animated gifts uh, via text <laughs> to the entire office, except them. And we get a group chat going. And that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, either way is great. But let us know which path you take uh, and how it worked out. How quickly we derail. <laughs> we start out with such good intentions, but then if people don't reciprocate, well, we can go the other way. Yeah, we, we could escalate. Absolutely. No problem. <laughs> Bring it. So, would you like to escalate? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, wereraisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. 
So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.